0: Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in today. This is Caleb Hires, episode 3 of my Dependenceville series. I'm recording this right now. This week is Thanksgiving week and I'm excited because I love turkey and, you know stuffing and family. It's just good. Uh, We should be thankful in every season, but this is a special time just to remember all the things that God has done and He is doing. I would encourage you to even just to sit down and write down five things that God has done that you're thankful for in this past year. And if you think you can't think of any, you'd be surprised. Just sit down, give yourself a minute, and be quiet with your own thoughts, and ask God to help you remember. You'll see them. So As we talk today about Dependenceville, I want to talk about part of the education system of this place called Dependenceville. And it's based on the verse that I wrote this book, you know, dedicating to this John 5, 19 generation. But this part specifically is uh, based on that verse where Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. That statement alone is pretty uh, flabbergasting. There's a vocab word for you. It is crazy. This is God in the flesh calling himself the Son that can do nothing on his own. That is amazing right there. If you just chew on that, your life will change. The Son of God said, I'm going to Go to earth. I'm going to be a part of humanity. I'm going to be restricted by human limitations. And I'm going to show them how to live dependent upon a father. That is incredible. And that son aspect, that he was the son of God. He's, he is God. Jesus is God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And he is the son of God. He's God the son. And with that posture, we get to learn how to live dependent. And so there's a section in the book called Childlike Need. And I felt like that was what the Lord would have me highlight to you today, you know, and so as we talk about that, that posture of being a son with a father, that, that that's how He revealed God, that the Son of God came to reveal the Father, you know, that He came to destroy the works of the devil, and the works of the devil are sin. So anything that is outside of that relational uh, posture, is leading you towards something that God would not have for you. God's purpose for you on the earth is to be in relationship with Him. Whoever's listening right now, whoever you are, His purpose, God's purpose is to be in a loving relationship with you as a son, as a daughter. Even the other uh, paradigms we're given are relational. You know, the bride of Christ, He's the bridegroom. It's this relational aspect that leads us into further dependence, being aware of our dependence upon Him. So when we're talking about being like a child you know Jesus said that unless you become like a child you cannot see the kingdom of God you know it's it's important to understand right out the gate that there's something that can prohibit you receiving everything you're supposed to receive as a child one thing that prohibits it is a poverty mindset poverty mindsets prohibit inheritance if you believe that you're always going to be broke if you believe that you're always going to be poor, then you're always going to be broke and you're always going to be poor because you are you are not receiving what God has for you. Now, before you tune me out, I'm not talking about, I want a Corvette and so I'm going to pray for a Corvette and God should give me a Corvette. No, that's not how a father-son relationship works. If my son Judah grows up to be 10 years old and asked for a Corvette, I'm not buying him a Corvette at 10 years old. He wouldn't be able to handle it. He wouldn't have any use of it. And you might be in the same spiritual boat. Who knows? I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you should think about these things. But there is an asking as a child. There is a, a request that's proper before the Lord. And it's because you're a child of God. Having a childlike need is not a bad thing. In Psalms 2 verses 7 through 8, David said, the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I'll make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. Now, I know that's talking about Jesus prophetically, but we're one with God, and we're co-heirs with Christ, like we're going to talk about in a minute. So we can apply this to our lives. So he says, if you're a son, you can ask, and I will give you the nations as your heritage, the ends of the earth your possession. It's true. It's the truth. And asking like that is not audacious or or wrong. It's actually encouraged. But the reality is a lot of us are entering the king's gates as a pauper. You know, we're walking before the king as a poor beggar. And when we do that, we never even would think of asking to sit on the throne with him. And what's the problem there? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6 says. But when you're a son... You can hop into the father's lap without question. You can just run on up there, jump on in his lap and say, Hey, Dad, (laughs) you can do that. Why? Because you're a son. You have the right to do that. And if you don't believe me, this is what the Bible talks about. It talks about being co-heirs. Romans 8, 16 through 17 says, The Spirit himself, Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That means you are inherit you have an inheritance that looks just like Jesus's inheritance. This is the wild crazy unexplainable transference that happens at the cross. You receive the same inheritance as Jesus Christ. You don't get what you deserve. You are not going to get what you deserve. That is a lie. You were going to get what you deserve, but then you said yes to Jesus, and now you get what He deserves. That's amazing. You need to think about this. If Jesus can ask for it, then so can you. As a co-heir with Christ, if He gets it, then you get it. And if you got it, then He got it. So here comes into question a lot of Uh, Theological acrobatics about you having a sin nature. I'm sorry, but if you have one then so does he because you're a co-heir You inherited in union with Christ. That's what the word co means closest possible union. I'm right about that I know it sounds crazy, but that's the truth That's the truth And so this idea of being a son of God of being adopted into the beloved of being one with the son it means that you get to inherit the kingdom you get to see the kingdom. It's amazing. You receive the same inheritance as Jesus Christ. That is incredible. But if you are, in your thinking, a pauper, you know, one who just begs at the gates, one who's just begging at the foot of the cross, oh God, please have mercy on me. He did, he caught, his mercy was made evident in Jesus Christ. He had mercy on you by taking His your sins upon himself. Come on, the propitiation for sins. The perfect atonement, the removal, the expiatory death. I'm using some big words just in case you want to go look them up. <laughs> and the reality of the, that posture, that begs and everything is that orphan mentality, that poverty mindset. And listen to me, orphans fight for what they get, but sons and daughters receive. Orphans fight, sons and daughters receive. And true poverty is found only in failing to acknowledge our dependence upon God. That's true poverty. When you go it on your own, when you, you're the lone ranger, you know, it's impossible to be content in every season and go it on your own. Come on. That's even a, like a hallmark of the world is that being discontent is a good thing. That means you're hungry. You're still hungry. But hunger in the kingdom looks like such satisfaction that you need more. Hunger looks like more hunger, but not because you're empty. It's because you're full. Somebody's going to get what I'm saying right now. Hunger in the kingdom is not... The same as hunger in the world. Hunger in the kingdom means you're so full that you need more. Hunger looks like contentedness that needs more. It looks like hunger, but not because of emptiness, because of fullness. It's so good that I need more. Come on, so good. And Paul, even in Philippians 4, 12, 13, says he's learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. He can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Come on, you know that verse. So it's about being content in every season because of the fullness of Christ that lives in you. Not because of your nice house or because of your cars. All those things are fading. That which is eternal is invisible, right? That which is temporal is visible. That which is eternal is invisible. And your, what's invisible will not fade away. So this person of, of Jehovah, this person, Provider this father sent a son to model how we should be dependent upon him His name is Jehovah Jireh, you know, that's what dad's name is. You know, you grow up and you go Oh, that's my dad and maybe eventually someone asks you. Well, what's his real? What's his name because his dad is a title father's a title you grow up saying daddy daddy father Papa whatever and then you learn his name at some point when you get older and you learn as as you mature that he has a name Daddy has a name, and his name is Jehovah Jireh. One of his names is Provider. And he's never going to ever, in a million, billion, eternal years, say, that's not my name. When you call out to him and say, Jehovah Jireh, he's gonna go, yeah, that's my name. You know my name. How, how can I help you? <laughs> what do you need, son? You know, that's the picture you need. He is not a poverty-stricken king, either. He's not, he's not a poverty-stricken God. He's the king of kings, and you're the king that he's the king of. Kings are not broke. There ain't no thing as a broke king, all right? There ain't no such thing as a broke king. You got to understand that he's the king of kings. He has plenty to give to you. And in that relationship, in that understanding, we can know that we don't have to be anxious about our lives. We don't have to worry about what we're going to eat or, you know, our clothing or what we're going to put on. You know, this is, I'm paraphrasing Matthew 6, 25, where Jesus is talking about seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. How do we seek the kingdom? Well, the first three letters of the word seek are see, S-E-E. How do we see the kingdom? You become like a child. To seek, you have to see. And to see, you have to become like a child. You need a childlike need. Come on. This is good stuff. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. And because we are so well provided for, you know, the anxiety-ridden like lifestyle that comes from trying to make it on your own, that independent lifestyle is just inappropriate. There's no appropriate measure of anxiety in Independenceville, because we all know our true source and provider is our Father. You know, He even said to the unredeemed people he was talking to today, he said, which one of you, when your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Which one would give him a a snake when he asked for a fish? You, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. So does my heavenly Father. How much more so, right? So him being our true source and provider as a father means that anxiousness is inappropriate. And the reality is, when you try to go without daddy, when you try to go without a father, when you try to walk outside the gates of Dependenceville, You take the posture of the prodigal son who say, I want my inheritance on my own. I want it in my own time. And I'm going to go and run with it. But reality is, anxiousness is a close companion to the prodigal. A poverty mindset is truly one that says, I don't need my father's blessing. I can learn to thrive on my own. I don't need his blessing. I just need his stuff. So, the reality of our need is actually a strength. Jesus showed that need by saying, I can do nothing on my own, but only what the Father is doing. I need to see what He's doing. I need to hear what He's saying so that I can do what He's doing and say what He's saying. Without that, I'm nothing. I can do nothing on my own accord. I can do no thing. God said in human form, I can do no thing. And He said, unless you become like a child, you will not see the kingdom. In order to seek the kingdom, we need to see the kingdom as a child. And when we do that, we can know that He's our true source, He's our true provider, and we don't have to worry. And that childlike need is, is a, a very real reality for me right now because I have my son home, Judah, and you know we're waking up and all hours of the night, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., I think I was up at 5 this morning to feed him. You know He just cries, and then I feed him. He makes a sound, and then Daddy comes in and gives him his food. You need to learn how to live that same way. And you go, Dad, Jehovah Jireh, Papa, I'm hungry. I need, I need, I need. That is a strong position to have when you know that Daddy is coming to feed you. And so forgive my uh, baby child talk right now, but it's very real for me because Judah needs us. He needs us to change him. He needs us to clothe him. He needs us to feed him. And that's what Jesus said we need to become like. I'm learning to live in this place called Dependenceville. I'm hoping that as you listen, as you go along here, as you get the book, uh, you can learn as well. You can learn to thrive in a place called Dependenceville. And you don't have to bring your anxiety through the door. You can leave your anxiety at the door and you can know that God is good. He's going to provide for me. He's revealed himself in the Son as a son who's dependent upon a father. And so we should walk in the way he walked as well. Thank you for listening today. I hope that this helps you. I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. And I hope that even if you don't get the book, you can spend our time here together learning how to become more aware of your dependence upon a good, good father. Bless you guys. See you next time.